Hello, welcome to Launch Left. I'm Rain Phoenix. Thank you for watching and listening. Today's very special guest is His Golden Messenger, and he'll be launching Johanna Samuels. Don't forget, rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Welcome to the show, MC Taylor, also known as His Golden Messenger. Thanks for being here on Launch Left. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I always like to say, or I've started to say, you know, we're not we're not here to like unpack your whole catalog or talk details of how you made your records or there are plenty of other more able-bodied journalistic podcasters and music lovers out there who will do a great job of that. What we are about is deep conversation, intentional conversation about what drives the creative and and what in each of us that are artists that that makes us considering how not necessarily lucrative the job is, keep going and keep producing and keep creating. So that, just so you know, is sort of what the world will be in in conversation with Joanne as well. Okay. It's really nice to have you. The, having said that, the breadth and scope of your catalog is just immensely inspiring. And your music is immensely inspiring. It has such a deep sacred piece to it that I've been kind of doing the deep dive the last couple of days. And I don't know, I guess my question is, has it always been an intentional thing to sort of speak from that more, from that depth, from that sacred space? Because there's something about your music that feels like timeless and necessary. Like it feels so important when you're listening to it. You're like, oh, thank goodness, this is helping my heart. I didn't know it was even hurting there or over here. It has this sort of like unlock, you know, I always call it like an unlock, creative unlock for the listener. Was that intentional or do you just sit down at an instrument and start creating and what comes out comes out? Well, um, I'm not sure what angle to come at that question from. I like the cosmic mystery. So I think that's what I'm drawn to discussing, I guess, in my music, which feels like probably the most heightened version of my language, you know, whatever languages that I use to speak in the world. My, um, my musical voice feels like the most heightened and the most, the best suited for addressing like the mysteries that don't necessarily have answers and I'm not even really looking not really even looking to deliver an answer in my music I'm not interested in that part I'm interested in actually like raising the questions from the bottom from the bottom of the uh whatever bottom of the ocean and sort of like holding them up to the light because I think that it seems to me that at our roots, we all kind of have the same sorts of questions about what we're doing here. I was raised in Southern California, and I I always say that like that was probably my religion. <laughs> we were sun worshipers. My parents, you know, we kind of dabbled in church, but it never really took. So, you know, part of what I'm doing feels like maybe filling in some blanks for myself with the music with my music in terms of like trying to understand what my conception of the creator is and and like so that's probably why that all the different questions about about that come up throughout my catalog it's kind of like one of the prevailing themes wow well i think that you know the 
that might be true for everyone, whether we know it or not, is we're kind of always in quandary about the mystery of life. You know, like if we're honest. Yeah, I mean, I think that we're living in a time that, I, I mean, this maybe this is just me being an artist and having like really been guided by the artistic spirit for, for so long, most of that time without any financial remuneration, right? So I feel like I trained myself or no, no, not, not I trained myself, but I understood within the first 20 years or something of my practice of songwriting, as I started to understand how to write a song, which in and of itself, that was like, there's probably 15 years of writing bad songs before I got to a place where I felt like, okay, this feels like, this song feels like a song that I wrote, right? And, and just chasing that like sort of creative spark without, without any financial compensation was just something that it has felt like worth doing to me. Yeah. What was the question? I'm sorry. I forget where, where I started from. There is no question. This is, that was really informative. I think that what you shared was actually in some ways part of the, the first question I asked or, or what, what I was sharing. So it, it totally, it totally made sense to me. I think one thing that what you just said kicked off for me was Oh, oh, I know, I know what I was going to say, actually. Oh, good. Go for it. Is that, um, I started out, <laughs> I had circled back to the mystery. Uh-huh. Sometimes it feels to me as though we're living in a time that has maybe devalued this mystery writ large. I don't know if that's actually true, but it feels like there is certainly this press towards total exposure of ourselves, which I suppose I can appreciate I'm not necessarily against it, but it does seem to challenge the sense of mystery that I feel like is kind of what makes art go, right? Like everybody, I think at this point that has a, like a music is, is working, is making records. We're all being asked to do things like, can you give us a track by track breaking down each track? of the of the new record and you know i'm not the first to say this but to me that seems pretty insane I, i'll do it but like there's no way that i can more elegantly or eloquently explain what a song is about than just by i don't know maybe showing you the lyrics or something which may be they may be ambiguous like my my lyrics certainly read as can read as ambiguous on the page if you're not in my brain, but they're meant to be. It's supposed to be that way. That's what art, you know what I mean? That's what Absolutely. art is. And like, Absolutely. I don't, I don't want anyone to tell me what their art is about. Like, you know. Exactly right. I agree completely. Don't you want people to also interpret for themselves and take away from a song or whatever artistic thing that you do what they need from it? not what you tell them is in it, right? I think that part of the process of of becoming an appreciator of art and, and actually evolving as a human is being able to sit with the ambiguity and the mystery. And, you know, I think that what we're talking about here is just a small part of 
sometimes <laughs> if I'm like in a certain in a certain mindset on a certain day, like I think of as this sort of like human or American sort of arrested development that is happening in terms of just like being able to to sit with ambiguity and mystery and be okay with it. And in fact, like sort of rebel in it. Yes, and revere it, right? Revel in, right. revere, like enjoy that that there are questions. That's where the magic sits, you know, is in right. question. And and it's, I do think it's sort of like a, it might have something to do with us being a, a young country and kind of how you know when you're in your early twenties, you think you know everything. It's almost <laughs> like you know if the U.S. was was a twenty year old. That's and in, in compared to the rest of a civilization or other cities and countries, let's say in Europe and we are, we are like the young ones that are so sure we're, we got, you know, we know what's up. And so that curiosity, we're trying to like fix the curiosity and make it fact where, you know, no more curiosity, like let's decide on these things. Let's, let's create hard worn ways into art and culture. And, and uh, I think that does mess with the mystery. And that's what for me is it, it, you know, in general, groundlessness, as terrifying as it is in our lives and impermanence, these things that really show us there is no certainty, are the, is like the hotbed. They're, they're the hotbed for creation. They're in this sort of lack of knowing that we explore, that we try to understand, that we unfold you know, our best selves forward, that we look for the best in others because we don't know. So that yeah. I feel it's so important to, um, I, when I say important, it could almost sound like it's like, I think it's really important, but it's more like for me personally, that's an, a huge part of a daily practice with anything, creativity, you know, connection to others is just not assuming I know what, who they are, what I'm doing, how that goes, what's going on, and even based on their music or art or, you know, never to jump in and go, well, this must be what they're, you know, they wrote this once. So now I believe this to be true about them. Right. We all change. We change and grow. And that's the exciting part. Yes. Groundlessness is terrifying, but it's also exciting. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But also, you know, like we can even like, we don't need to spend much time on this, <laughs> but you know, this, this even circles back to like this relatively recent discussion of like the, what, what role like artificial intelligence plays in the creation of art. Right. And, you know, one side of, I don't even know who's arguing this, but I get the sense that like one side of the coin is that like AI has the ability to ingest all of these different influences and to produce something that is technically that is technically pure technically potentially greater than the original influences right in terms of chops and technique and stuff but nobody seems to like understand or w want to discuss or grapple with this idea that like chops and technique are not the that's not what compels art the struggle is what compels art and the struggle requires humanity. There's no way around that and there's no way that we can fake that, right? There has to be some sense that this enterprise could fail. There has to be some sense that there is a vulnerability at play that is heightening the emotional 
stakes of the process, right? Yes. And like that to me seems like kind of the end, the end of the discussion with AI. I mean, AI is going to, I'm sure that if the music industry could figure out a way to replace humans with AI, they would do that. But I don't know. They're not accounting for the fact that mistakes and failure is the sexiest part of being (laughs) an artist. You know what I mean? Like it's what we connect. If you're a human being, you're connecting to the vulnerability in an artist that you admire and their truth and their failures, their foibles, the things that aren't working for them. You connect to that because it, and, and you don't feel alone. So if everything is about chops and ability, where's the heart? Where's the part where you connect based on what isn't right, what isn't working? I think a lot of what we connect to in music and art is like the the brokenheartedness that we all have. We're all meant to sort of express our joy and we're fine. Nice to meet you. I'm good. And never kind of bring up the things that we all toil with. And art lets us do that, you know? That's right. Like, and so I think yeah, I agree with you that I, I don't think there's really any any competition. And I also, I, I don't know, I have feelings that like letting all our artificial intelligence rip artists' IP and then spit out some new version of IP out of ripping all of the greats' IP is like not cool. <laughs> it's their intellectual property. They're just like regurgitate. They're like, okay, let's take all these songs. And but like you said, we don't have to digress and go into this conversation too much. But it is it is very topical. And I think it was really important what you said and very true. Please welcome Miss Samuels to the show. Perfect. Thanks for joining Launch Left. We just had a lively 10 minute chat about a number of things, mostly like where where passion and art come from, a little bit of AI thrown in like salt and pepper on top. We covered most of it. We did, right? We did. How do you two know each other? I mean, we just know each other from the songwriting world, right? I think so. Uh, Although we have a few very specific people in common, including Joshua Kaufman Mm -hmm. and Eric Johnson and others, Courtney Andrews and... Courtney, Jocelyn Romano. uh, Oh, yeah. Jocelyn Romo. Romo. Yeah, yeah. We are all exchanging the same $20,000 around to each other for decades and decades. It's true. That's true. It's basically what's happening. What a great use. Maybe 30000 now to account for inflation. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. Um, I, know. <laughs> uh, I was just talking to someone today about you know, it's starting to do just like if you're a local band to LA, the LA Basin tour is probably the most cost effective and the most interesting way for an artist to build audience. And you can just do it in each different city within LA's basin. There are plenty of them, you know, whether it's Santa Monica, Burbank, Los Angeles, downtown LA, West Hollywood. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got to watch out for those radius clauses, though. That's where, that's where yeah. they get you. I know, but I think there's got to be, there's got to be a way. And I think with smaller venues too, they're more open, you know, everything is shifting and changing. And so people, if you, if you can think about it and kind of strategize it, I think those smaller venues will a hundred percent get behind it, especially if they like what you're doing and they see you can bring, you know, 40 people out because apparently it's, it's hard to do that these days. And, you know, so 
things have changed. The landscape has changed. I talk to people that are both artists, but also people who are behind the scenes and, you know, whether it's booking or management and things are changing everywhere, which means there's opportunity for new ways of doing things. That's the bright side. If you want to stay on the bright side, which I try to do, otherwise I feel like I want to cry myself to sleep at the night. <laughs> I try Definitely. to stay on the bright side that there's got to be a new way that we can create a new way through to make sure that music and art thrives even just on a local on a local level. I think uh you know, Johanna, you've been doing that. I know that in LA you're someone who has been just plugging away, obviously MC and even broader more national way that I'm aware of, but you both have been doing that against all odds and I'm sure like you said by culling resources and sharing the same $30,000 exponentially with all your friends. <laughs> However you can do it. <laughs> Definitely. It's true. Community's the way. Definitely. Yep. Pretty much. I'm turning a light on here. Hold it's on. Kind of, it's a cool vantage, <laughs> actually. Look at that blue sky. The gloaming. The gloaming. I know. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous here today. Jealous. Yeah. Well, I, well, I don't know what it's like in L.A., but... Yeah, it was. Oh, really? It was rainy, and I listened to Johanna Samuel's record. So beautiful. Thank you for making it so pretty. Really. Thank you for listening to it. Yeah, I'm so glad to um, have it in advance of its release and have that option to hear it. It's really, really beautiful. I was telling MC, too, that I've been kind of going deep diving through his catalog and just what you both do, you know, is is so important and powerful because it's very just honest and true and speaks to the heart. And that's that's for me, that's that that makes me tick, you know, hearing music like that. It's really important to have that to to go to music like that and uh and have that experience. That's the job. <laughs> <laughs> that's what definitely inspires me about MC music, so awesome to hear yeah what's in store for i i mean you know understanding the current state of the music industry and certainly for smaller acts what what do you what do you got planned for your release johanna i'm gonna be playing some shows around the country i think i'm going to definitely going to be in new york for a while i feel like i spend half my time in new york anyway but I was thinking about just kind of weaving it together as I'm out there with, again, community stuff. But like, I'm definitely going to go to Nashville and I'm going to spend some time in Vermont. I'm going to probably go to North Carolina. Really? I'll say what up. When? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if it's on. This is, on this which... is literally just like a phone I'm call like, between so, friends. So what's up? <laughs> yeah. It's fine. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to figure out whether it's going to be on the front side or back side of something. Because I have shows coming in the end of this month in New York. And I was either, I have a festival in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I'm just like hopping around and I feel like I don't know what day it is. And I'm in a different place all the time. I feel like you can probably relate. <laughs> are you, uh, are you happy? In my life? Yeah. However you rub up against happiness, I think this is a... Yes. I like this question because it like kind of fucks with people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I love that question. I'm happier than I've ever been for sure. I feel like. Why? Why? Because I think I've like 
in terms of music, not even to tie it in, but I think the main reason is because I, I think I've gone through such a journey as many musicians do about like navigating why I'm doing it. And there's like this cycle kind of of sharing your music and getting feedback and that hooking you and then kind of like being on this kind of roller coaster of like, it feels so good to connect with people. And then you start to, it turns into this other thing where it's not really about music. And then you return back to, I guess you kind of, it's so disheartening that you return back to the cycle of the beginning point, which is like, I guess I should write a song about, about this because I just figured out why I do this. And then I feel like I've, I've done that so many times now that I really feel safe in why I'm doing it. And I am able to kind of curate my life in a healthier way. And I feel safer with pursuing just like this industry in general, which can be really ugly, but I feel like I have a really good community around me and like, yeah, that also is on the same page about why they're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Dawning awareness. That's what that sounds like. Just like, as opposed to doing things in a cycle and just keep doing them in a cycle, like you realized why, and that that's what feeds some of your inspiration to continue and to write is that cycle. And that acceptance of that creates more joy because you're not just stuck in the cycle. Right. And being like, why? And going like, why do I keep doing it? And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's really yeah. cool. I'm very articulate. Thank you for explaining that. And I agree more. This is Girl Boss. She says hi. Oh, Girl Boss. Hello. <laughs> girl Boss? Yes. I like that. She's the boss of me. I yeah. bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> he looks, they look bossy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> MC, are you happy? Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, pretty happy. I mean, happier than, yeah, I think so. There have been some mornings that I've woken up like feeling, you know, not bounding out of bed, but that's not my style anyway. But uh, more just, yeah, I think I'm happy. Like, I think that I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And I think like, I don't know. I've maybe spent the last like five years or something feeling pretty torn up about what I'm doing and feeling, you know, yeah. Like I, I, I feel like I've spent a lot of time dealing with like just depression and anxiety and being very internal. My like the way that I'm built is very inward facing and you know, and then that was even pre COVID. <laughs> yeah. And then like I think I felt feel like COVID almost finished me off. And I remember. We weirdly yeah. had a we had a conversation during we had records coming out and we did an interview during COVID and it was like That's right. It's interesting. I was thinking before I got into like we did this, I was like the two records that I like have, you know, now hearing back to back, I was so moved by both of them at different point at those two different points in time and this record is so much it has so much like buoyancy and hope yeah it feels more uplifted not that i mean it is the record before that yeah and i know you uh, i mean the record uh, quietly quietly blowing it which is the one that came out in 2021 yeah it's just kind of amazing to me how you know your perspective changes with 
the progression of time because at the time that I made that record and put it out into the world, it's almost like I was on fire and people were like, dude, you're on fire. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is completely normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that record is, I listen to it now and it's from a very specific time in my life. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. And this new record that comes out in August is just at a different place in my life with like a different grasp of my emotions. And part of it was an intentional, an intentional like aim to write songs that were more outward facing, but still like press the same emotional buttons, but were celebrating a kind of joy of the whatever journey I've been on as a songwriter and like retrain, you know, like etching some new neural pathways in my brain. Cause I, I think like if you want to feel the joy, you have to exercise those muscles that are really can be really tough for some people and oh, yeah. myself included. But I think like I got to a place with, with this new record where yeah, it does like kind of, it sort of shines in a different kind of way. I don't think there's another record in my catalog that feels like this particular record. And, but at the same time, it, it feels, uh. I cannot wait to hear this record, MC. You're speaking about your record that isn't out yet. Is that right? Uh, that's right. Yeah. Maybe by the time, like you said, maybe by the time this comes out, your record will be out and all of this will be in great context as well. Cause I'll be able to hear it. I haven't heard it. I'm sure you could pull some strings and get yourself a copy of it. That oh, seems okay. like it. I wasn't sure it was done yet. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's so it's been done forever. Okay. And it's good. All right. I'm excited. I agree that you have to create the joy and and by creating the joy, I think some of that is like letting go of the uh assumption that um the way that we as a society have built things up until now is the way forward is to just stop following that like, you know, crony capitalist adage that, you know, you need to get out there and be somehow like known or like that your that your art is a commodity is basically what I mean, you know, but, and, and more that your art is a salve. It's, it's a way for people to feel their feelings. It's a way through and to find joy in that with your community and the people who care. And then I think when the joy comes, the other stuff just comes. I feel like sometimes the more I grip, the less it happens. Do you know what I mean? The more I want something and pull on it and go, but this makes sense. I've worked so hard. For it. And the more I just go, you know what? I'm making something. It fed my soul. It seems to be affecting these five people. That's good enough. And then, then it's 10, then it's 20. Then, it, you know, it just, it's like it grows because there's not this attachment to outcome. It's so hard to do. It's yeah, yeah. so hard to do. 100%. And, we have to make ends meet. So it's also hard to just lean on that. And, and it feels like magical thinking a little too, when you're like, well, how does that pay the rent? How does just letting go pay the rent? Yeah. I mean, I think my, like where I'm at now is, you know, cause I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the music business and I can complain about it, but I'm not going to get another job, I don't think, unless I absolutely have to, because the good stuff about my job outweighs the bad. So, like, my thing now is just, like, 
can I walk into whatever kind of scenario that might get thrown at me by some people that are in the music business but are not artistic at all? Can I walk into that scenario and just kind of like make it fun and sort of make it genuine to me and at the same time acknowledge like, yeah, this is, I mean, probably wouldn't do that. I wouldn't come up with this on my own, but like it is what it is. What are you going to do? You know, like, and I think that just comes from a lot of years of doing it and a lot of years of being like, oh, what am I doing? This is so stupid. And, but it's like, whatever. It's not, it's whatever. It's not digging ditches. It's not like, it's not going to a job that I despise. And, and I've done a lot of that in my life. I've had a lot of jobs that I despised in my life. Me too. So, you know, that's one thing that'll like, that'll put it in perspective. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what to say about the music business because it seems like it's kind of at odds with creativity. But if you are fortunate enough to somehow surround yourself with a good community that includes if, if you're at a level where you've got like a booking agent and management and stuff like that. And, you know, there's so many levels to this and I've been at all of them and I've gotten to a place where like my management, my booking agent, my record label, everybody understands my position on like where the art should sit. Right. And they don't fight me about it. They might make some suggestions, but there's, they don't fight me about it. They, you know, you know, Brian Schwartz, right? So do you know Brian Schwartz? Um, Jennifer does who works. Oh, Jennifer does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Brian is, is my, one of my managers. I, you know, and, and I've had, there have been times in my life where I had bullshit managers that sucked and, you know, so it's just like, I know what that feels like too. And it's, as bad as having a job that you hate. And so, you know, I just like, part of it is luck. Part of it is like working super duper hard so that, so that the luck happens. You know what I mean? And part of it is just like playing a long game that is so long. I don't even want to think about how long it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like this game that I've been playing is 30 years long at this point. That's nuts to me because I don't feel yeah. like I'm much older than 30, but I am. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I had someone say to me today, if you want to if you want to win at the music industry, just stay in it. And uh, that's the thing is like people people fall away because they get so disgusted or or the or the rewards just aren't coming quick enough. But the thing for me, and maybe for Johanna too, is that, and this sounds like maybe a little bit corny, but I feel it, is that like the deepest feeling that I can feel is when I have a good set of words that I can set to a really deep melody over a really deep set of chord changes and it's almost like it's like doing magic you know what i mean it's like this crazy conjuring trick that is actual magic talk about mystery yeah you know like that that's you're creating something out of nothing essentially mm -hmm. and like where else are you where else are you doing that i feel like that's what art is and and like when i do that 
I always think to myself, and I feel like I've said this many times in other interviews, but like when that happens, and it's not all the time that you get that feeling, you can actually write a lot of songs and be like, this is a cool song. But then every once in a while, you get to that song where you're like, holy shit, whoa, that's crazy. How did that happen? And like, I always think this must must be what people are talking about when they talk about like being in the presence of God, right? It's the same sort of feeling that like this profound, overwhelming emotion that like you get when, if you're a parent, when you like see your kid or something, it's just like, whoa, I don't even have the words to describe how this feels, right? Like that must be what they're talking about when they're talking about God, right? <laughs> yeah. I can't think of anything more overwhelming than that sensation. Yeah. So I think where I started with that is that like, that's the payoff and it sounds kind of corny and it's true. It doesn't pay the bills. I didn't pay the bills with music for like until like six months ago. <laughs> Not really, but uh, I don't know. That's a pretty big reward. That's a pretty big reward, I think. Yeah. Totally. It's that cycle point. That's the and the entry point of the cycle. Yeah. So it's like a drug. Yeah, it is like a drug. And it's the closest to religion I've come in terms of like trying to understand like the world around me and my spirituality and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's the songs. And when you love someone else's songs, that's a big part of it for me too. Because that has so much to do with like feeling like you belong, even if you really are not feeling like you belong anywhere. Right. Or you don't have money or you don't have, you know, there are all these factors that can make us feel so alone. And yeah, the like it is just like this combo, you know, the pop song, whether, I mean, pop is a broad term, but yeah, to me, that is just the most fascinating craft and it's worth it. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, yeah. too. Beautiful, full circle. We started this conversation kind of uh, when MC got on talking about the, the sacred in in his music and having listened to a lot of it, and we talked about sort of that religious, not religious experience that you said you had. You weren't raised religious, and, and so I love that it just came full circle without any prompting, and, and Johanna basically you know, expounded on it more. I think it's a beautiful way to close our conversation unless there's anything you all have burning to share. We can leave it at this. I mean, I have so much more to share. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can take, we can, we can do a sidebar conversation. I was, it was great. I was very, very happy to talk with y'all and, Uh, and Johanna, I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of what you do. And I of you, mega, mega. <laughs> so it all this. works out. Yes. This is what we love to see happen and try to uh, enlist and encourage in the art world is this, you know, instead of greed and competitiveness, generosity and collaboration. That is, that, those are the touch points of Launch Left and why we, we do what we do. So you guys just personified so beautifully that in your gratitude for each other and your music and and relationship it just makes me so happy hi i'm johanna samuels and this is holy mother
this way She said, don't you talk like that She said, I always used to wonder How you coped with all of that There are a lot of people hoping The bullies roam will fall to hell But if we all said the things that we are thinking sons too much Make them sainted, unacquainted with a decency in
Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 